0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Tuesday, February the 21st, 2023. Hope you are all doing well. Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you all tuning in. I see Xavier, John Edward, Travis, Stephen Boyle Jr., Bruin Nation, Jimmy Mendio, Jimmy Mendio, Davon. What's going on? Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, over the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel. Be sure your questions are answered there. We got a packed show, a lot to get into. And of course, it is game day as South Carolina Baseball takes on the Winthrop Eagles today. Four o'clock first pitch at Founders Park, the first midweek contest. Of the 2023 season, very, very excited. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Jimmy, I will not be at the game. No. Uh, The number of games I'll be at, Jimmy, this season will be very limited. Again, in case you forgot, I live in Greenville. So even if I wanted to go, um, you know, the live show gets done at 2. We're an hour and a half or so from Columbia, from Founders Park. It would be a lot of driving, really wouldn't be able to swing it. So I will let you guys know when I'll be there. I'm actually considering maybe catching a game this weekend, maybe Sunday. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, again, when I show up to games, it's probably just going to be kind of a random thing, not going to make a huge deal out of it. But uh, I will be at Founders Park at some point this season. But no, we'll not be there today or tomorrow in the midweek. Either way, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Really excited. Of course, as always, we are taking your questions, your comments, your calls as well. 843-790-3377, that's 843-790-3377, and of course, as always, TDC brought to you by our friends over at Picks. Go download the Picks app or go to prizepix.com when you do use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100, guys. You can play anything and everything college sports, pro sports, anything you can think of. They've got it over at Prize Picks. Hey, the MLB season, right, is just around the corner. Who better to play with than our friends at Prize Picks? Certainly, night after night, you'll have plenty of prop plays, tons of opportunities to make money. And so many fans and listeners of the Daily Crow and of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Jimmy Mendio says no TSUS tailgate. Jimmy, did you normally come to those anyways? And and I'll be honest with you, my guy, and I'm not trying to pick on you, by the way, but I'll be honest with you. This would not be the time of year to throw a tailgate anyways, Jimmy, because, you know, for baseball, again, baseball is just like basketball, and it's fine in the sense that it, it is a it is a product that is driven by, or it, it is the interest level is driven by the quality of the product, right? And so this early in the season, <clears throat> against the teams that you're playing in the non-conference, there's no point in throwing a tailgate against Penn, right? There's no point in throwing a tailgate against UMass Lowell so if it if it works out we're down the road Jimmy that you know it makes sense for us to to throw a tailgate if you will that it makes sense then we will do so uh, on that note though in regards to content game day content what have you guys I've teased the live stream watch alongs I actually just ordered new lavalier microphones you might be like Chris what in the world's a lavalier microphone? So it's just a mic that kind of like pins on your shirt, a smaller microphone. So I will not have to have this in front of me. So just ordered some new equipment for the live stream watch alongs. Those are definitely happening. Uh, really excited for that. Again, I think it's going to provide a lot of value. Uh, going to be a new channel of content, if you will, uh, in regards to how we come to you guys live on game days and stuff like that. It'll be a great setup as well for like post game shows and and all that good stuff. So Bruin Nation, Um I will tell you this: the party that I needed to hear from for the big news that I teased, he actually gets back in town today from like an eleven-day vacation. So that that is the delay, truly. Um, again, when you're working with legal matters and and, and you're working to hear, or you're you're waiting to hear back from certain folks. You know, th- there's not a huge rush, if you will. You know, I, I knew realistically the timeline could take like a month. Maybe a little bit over, but I, I promise you, I was not pulling you guys' leg. It is happening. It is in the works, and you will understand when I tell you what's going on. You will understand maybe why there's been a bit of a delay. But again, my, uh, you know, my my the the party that I'm waiting to hear news from, he was out of town from like February the 10th until today. So that is the reason why I have not heard from him. Either way, though, guys, hey, you see, we pulled out the flat bill. By the way, I have not worn this hat in forever. And I have not worn a flat bill in quite some time. I wore flat bills when I played ball and I used to wear them all the time, but uh, with, with my merch and my hats gotten to those, but uh, yeah, we had to pull out the old SC cap really excited to watch the yard cocks today again, four o'clock first pitch against the Winthrop Eagles. And again, guys really appreciate you all tuning in. Thank y'all so much again for the continued love and sport. I will say this. <clears throat> no, this is an under armor hat, Jimmy. This is under armor. Um, Great slate today, by the way. Great slate of games when you look at the midweek. Um, I, I'm really curious to see, you know, of course, next week is rivalry week. Gamecocks will take on Clem Sucks and the rivalry series next weekend. Clem Sucks has Charlotte tonight, which is a really, and I, I talked about this in the preseason when I was just talking about South Carolina's schedule and, and looking at other schedules. Clem Sucks has got a very intriguing non conference schedule. They've got Charlotte tonight, who the Gamecocks will play later in this season, who's a damn good ball club, by the way. We all know that from last year. But they've got Charlotte tonight, or today. And they've got UCF this weekend. So, I'll be surprised if sucks comes in the rivalry series undefeated. I- I'll be very, very surprised. Um, anyways, though, some great college baseball. I mean, you take a look across the country. Miami and Stetson, Florida and South Florida. East Carolina, Campbell. Um... LSU, and I can't even tell who that is. I don't know. Anyways, Cal State Fullerton, lane late tonight, I think will be a really, really good game. So there's some intriguing matchups across college baseball for sure. And I will say that's one of the fun things. That's one of the things I love about college baseball season, guys, is there's basically games every single night. Uh, High Point and App State, some of their sneaky good game as well. Again, if you're a baseball junkie like me, you, you, you that's all music to your ears and you love hearing it. Uh, by the way, by the way, Uh, Mardi Gras, to those that celebrate. Hey, today, I believe, right, is, uh, isn't this technically Fat Tuesday, I think? Isn't this Fat Tuesday? Am I correct there? Yeah, today is Fat Tuesday. So, to those who celebrate, cheers to you. Cheers to you. Fat Tuesday, indeed. How about it? Anyways eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven guys it's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven hey we also got Mark Rogers, the voice of college football on the show today 115.
2: You guys are probably pretty familiar. I go on his show a good bit. We've never had Mark on the daily Cr- Cox football specifically Mark is a football guy.
1: <clears throat> so to get his thoughts, also, I'll be jumping on Mark's show at some point to do a series leading up to spring practice, breaking down everything going into spring ball. So again, really excited to hear from Mark. A um, little bit of a slower time of year right now for football season. And I ask you guys this, those of you tuned in, what do you do this time of year when there's no football? Obviously, you see the numbers, that the, the live streaming numbers are a bit down, If you, but it makes sense. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I, I think people get so caught up or, or lost in, um, you know, people get lost in the numbers, if you will. They, they they look at the streaming numbers, they look at, and I can assure you guys the numbers are doing well, but there's just, there's no way around it. The numbers peak and they spike in football season, right? I mean, it's, it's funny. I joke with people. I, I actually, you know, seriously, I could probably, if I really wanted to, just operate business July through December. I really could because football season moves the needle to that degree where it's like I I look at baseball season as a time of year where I'm really able to separate myself as a content creator and cover baseball like nobody else can. But, you know, this time of year, I mean, this is where, again, I believe in being consistent. I believe that the consistency is why T S U S why we've been able to build to the point that we are now and where we're going as well. But I think I I know that the consistency is really what set us apart, but – Football season's king, man. And and I feel like, so I just wonder, you know, I I, I love that, you know, the baseball fan base is very much there, right? People are diehard about baseball, but there's a lot of folks that just tune out. I mean, there's there's just no other way to put it, guys. There's a lot of folks that just tune out. I mean, we probably sit around 35,000 on average, 35,000 podcast downloads per month from January to July, I would say. And then from August to December, we're at like sixty to sixty-five thousand. The numbers almost double when you get into football season. I mean, that's just how much football moves the needle. So it's crazy, but that's why we love it. That's why we love it. So, uh, anyways, guys. Anyways, it's it's a fun time of year. I love it. Content bleeding out the eyeballs. Of course, basket the basketball will return to action tomorrow, uh, taking on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nine o'clock tip off. Which I'm not a huge fan of that late tip, but it is what it is. Um, and then, of course, baseball will play again tomorrow. So, going to be a really, really fun week. John Edward, to answer your question: What I do with no football? I watch other sports. I like college basketball, college baseball, MLB, NBA, and NASCAR. I'm sure, John Edward, you had a lot of fun on Sunday with the Daytona 500. I have. I didn't watch a single lap of it. I don't watch NASCAR, but the Daytona 500 is a very big deal for sure. Absolutely. So, um, anyways, though, it's it's just it's just interesting like the way people, like the way that football moves the needle, it it really is. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, again, we could really truly just operate business July through December. We if I, if I just wanted to, we really could, but I don't believe in that. I I love baseball too. And I love creating content and I feel like, you know, me getting behind the camera, getting behind the mic, it's like, it's like a fish swimming. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like you do it. It's like I was born to do it. You know what I mean? And it's what uh, fulfills me and, and, and what I love to do, you know what I mean? So I can't imagine a scenario in which I did not do that. I can't imagine a scenario where I was not creating content. So, but, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's wild. It's wild for sure. Anyways, though, great slate of college baseball games today. Coleman Hall, what's going on, my man? He says the ending of the 500 was so lame. Again, I didn't see a, a second of it, my friend. I, I watch, I, and I know John Edward didn't list this sport. I watch... All I've been doing, what I've been watching, John Edward, is golf. I've been watching golf like crazy. Um, and basically, that's my life at this point. I'm, I'm literally doing the business, creating content, and playing golf. That's, that's pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, also, guys, I will be on Mark Ryan's show today at 440. Of course, with President's Day, they were not live on the air. So looking forward to chatting with Mark um you know again if you're not a baseball junkie or if you don't love college basketball there's not a lot for you i mean if you're just solely focused on football this is like the one of the most dead periods i think of the year when it comes to football transfer portals closed recruitings kind of just doing nothing uh spring ball hasn't started which it'll be here very very soon i mean i think spring football i don't know exactly when the date will start but i would imagine the first week of march because the spring game is on april the 15th but uh Yeah, we're locked and loaded, again, with the baseball and the basketball contents and, uh, I mean, women's college basketball as well. The SEC tournament for the women will literally start in a week and a half, right? Literally next weekend, the SEC tournament for women's basketball will start. So, going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of fun for sure. John Edward says, how good is Eli Jerzembeck? And yes, thank you, John Edward, for taking the conversation that way because if you're looking for reasons To tune in, right? If you're looking for a reason to tune into the midweek and watch the Gamecocks take on Winthrop, Eli Jerzenbeck. That's your reason, right? We've heard about this kid for months since the fall of just how good and how talented he is. The stuff is electric 96 to 97 with the fastball. And the way they speak on Jerzenbeck, it reminds me a lot of the way that people spoke on Will Sanders when he was a true freshman in 2021, right? You sort of – and the same way that I felt about Will in 2021 is the same way I kind of feel about Jerzenbeck this year is that if all things go according to plan, this is a dude that I think they are going to groom to be the next Friday night guy at the University of South Carolina. You know, with guys like this, you kind of know, you know. You know up front. And so everything we've heard – this will be my first time getting to watch him pitch, and so I'm really excited – I mean, again, everything you hear, the stuff is absolutely electric, the moxie. You know, Mark Kingston described him as quirky in the preseason, but someone that he makes it work, right? He's one of those guys that, uh, you know, he makes it work on the bump. And I'm really excited to see the stuff. And again, this is where I talked about in the preseason. This is where I think you're going to see the biggest jump for Gamecocks baseball, truly. And, and you know, why do you put so much emphasis on the midweek? Well, you look at last year. Look at how porous we were in the midweek, right? And just ha- how the struggles that we had. I mean, I think that was the biggest thing that derailed your season. So I think the luxury of having a guy like Eli Jerzenbeck, I, I would expect him to absolutely shine tonight against the Winter Beagles. I-, I think, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him pitch. And, uh, you know, to have a guy like that with that type of velocity, with that type of stuff going for you on a Tuesday, that really does speak to, again, the depth of the pitching staff and what a luxury it is. For, uh, for Justin Parker and company. So, yeah, really excited to see him toe the rubber. And, again, I think it's going to give you a huge, huge advantage in these Tuesday games. And then you look at tomorrow. I mean, James Hicks. This is a guy that was a weekend starter for you last year. So, <clears throat> when you think about what it means for depth, and uh, I-, I think that should spell, like I said, guys in the preseason, big things for you in the midweek. I mean, of course, you should be able to, to stay hot swinging the sticks. But when you've got guys like that who can set the tone for you, I think it's going to make a huge difference. So, John Edward, just just watch. Just watch tonight. If you want to see how good Eli Jerzenbeck is, just watch tonight. I think you'll be very, very pleased for sure. I think you'll be absolutely pleased. So, again, eight four three seven nine zero three That is 843-790-3377. Our, our good friend, J.D. Pakel. <clears throat> he had a great conversation this morning with uh, – with Shane Beamer. I think it was a pre recorded conversation, but he did have uh, Shane Beamer on his show. Really, really great stuff. Really exciting stuff. So, again, it's never too early. Never too early to start talking football, is it? Never too early to dive into the football stuff. And uh, yeah, so let's see.
2: Mm. Just looking at this, these scores here.
1: Wow. I'm tempted. My guys over at 11.7, they're trying to get me to bet on college baseball. South Carolina not listed in the lines, but uh, Charlotte listed at plus 120 to take down Clem Sucks today. How about that? Let's jump to the phone lines here. Frank. Frank, what's up, man? How are you? How are you, my friend? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? What a great
3: weekend for Gamecock fans, huh?
1: Yeah, incredible weekend. Yeah, it feels good to win for sure.
3: Yeah, it was, I tell you, what a what a blast just watching those games. Uh, I mean, I, I you know you don't want to nitpick. I mean, what was the worst thing that happened? We we misplayed a ball in the outfield in the last game. And maybe you don't want to see Sanders with a pitch count that high in the third inning, you know, game yeah. one. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it looked like, you know, we were, we were waiting on bats and, and here they are. So we have yeah. no complaints, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing I'll look to see from weekend one to weekend two, and again, it'll be another non-conference weekend. I think Penn though is definitely a step up in competition. Um, but probably, sure. yeah, the number one thing I'll be looking for is, is just Will Sanders to be more crisp, to be sharper. Um, I don't care who the competition is. The biggest thing I'm looking from the lineup is, is just some sort of consistency. I mean, like tonight, I don't expect you to score 20 runs a night, but, you know, just to continue to see the approaches, you know, consistency in the approaches as the competition ramps up and gets better. Uh, again, you're not going to score 20 runs a game. You're, you're going to have some nights where you don't hit. You just are, you know, it's baseball, but to see consistency yeah. in the approaches, um, you know, the, the the way the guys, you know, are putting together competitive at bats, putting the baseball in play, hard contact, you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's what you want to see, you know what I mean? So um, you sort of have to nitpick when you're playing in the non-conference. You sort of have to nitpick when you're playing against, um, you know, some of the lesser opponents. But, you know, it's also great opportunities for, for guys that are on the bench or <clears throat> who are fighting for jobs to get opportunities. And, again, you saw that. Over the weekend against you yep. mass low and hopefully like tonight, you know, hopefully tonight you get to see that as well. I would not be surprised, by the way, if you saw sort of a different look lineup. You might see some different guys get some starts. You never know, like a Petrie could start at third or a different guy at the DH. I mean, this is the time to tinker with your lineup and, and to give different guys looks, if you will. So, but yeah, I mean, to your point, to your point, Frank. I mean, it was it was an yeah. incredible weekend. I mean, you outscore your opponent, what, 49 to what was it five or something like that i mean you're, you're, yeah, you're of, not a whole months. lot to lots complain days. about not a whole lot to complain about
3: no yeah. you know you kept you i guess they're notorious base dealers you kept them all base. they really couldn't get anything going so but that was a job you took care of that uh mm. you know the, the most important part i guess is you know as a 23 ranked team in the country you took care of business against Lowell. yeah you know, people are going to scream and yell about oh my god how come we didn't get bumped up in the rankings Look, the 23 ranked team in the country was supposed to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you, 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 like you said, it's baseball. Mm-hmm. And it'll be very easy for anybody to come out of there two and one. Well, we didn't.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, know, you, you great, can't, yeah, you can't expect to make a major jump. You know what's interesting though, Frank? I mean, we love the polls. I, you know, it gives us something to talk about. I would say this though sure. the, the top 25 poll, it's, it has the least meaning in college baseball, doesn't it? I mean, Ole Miss last year went 14 and 16 in league play and won the national championship. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's more so just for us, right, to debate and banter and talk. and. Right. But, you know, the, the the polls in college baseball, it's going to take more than one weekend for a team to ascend or drop. Like, people were asking, why is Tennessee still ranked third? Well, they opened up in a tournament, played good competition, and, and again, people still believe in Tennessee. And I don't blame them. They still have tons of talent. One bad weekend doesn't make you a bad team. I mean, that's what people have to understand. So, hey, I mean, Kendall Rogers said if they have a bad weekend again, they'll be penalized much harsher. But, you know, it doesn't bother me to see a team not drop or not ascend or what have you. If South Carolina keeps winning, the polls will take care of themselves, right? So, um, But after opening weekend, you're not going to all of a sudden see – you know, like Tennessee wasn't going to go from third to 15th because they lost two out of three to, to quality competition. It's just not going to happen.
3: Yeah. We, and we probably took a little bit of pressure off the men's basketball team because now they're like, oh my God, thank <laughs> God. baseball started. Nobody's watching us now.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think there's, uh, there's very few probably still tuned into the basketball side of things on the men's side at least. But, uh,
4: yeah, I mean, listen
1: you're you're probably looked, not you're probably not going to finish last. I mean, that's again, that's something to be celebrated.
3: Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, and the fans that look like the stadium, you know, had a great crowd. I mean, even in some, like I know the weather on Friday uh, was got a little chilly at night, but uh it looked like the fans turned out and mm. they gave it, put on a great <laughs> show. So it takes the three and zero, we walk away. But the, again, with these rankings. You know, you got a non-conference we're playing. Who we playing tonight?
1: Uh, Winthrop. Winthrop, yes.
3: Yeah. So we're playing now. We got a non-conference weekend. even if we go through here and and don't lose a game, I had, you're not going to get moved up. You know, you're playing non-conference. It's, Ten is tough. I get it, but uh, maybe a bump up a notch. But like you said, you're going to once you play, once we start playing it's different mm-hmm. competition, uh, we should see that you know improve. Mm-hmm. Just something to talk about.
1: Yeah. No, for sure. And I'm excited for it, man. I mean, again, yeah, after man. after last year with the struggles in the midweek, um, you know, yep. I, I think seeing improvement in the midweek and, and seeing this ball club take care of business in these Tuesday and Wednesday games, it is important. Because, again, they add up. I mean, Frank, again, yes. I, I, you look back at last year, you win half of your midweek games. I think, at minimum, you're on the bubble to get the postseason. Yeah. I mean, it makes it, – it's the that whole big of a deal. Season. Yeah, completely. I,
3: did, I also thought, too, like, you know, people going to downplay it. You know, it, on in that Sunday game – you know, you finally you know, – see so you, you break out with two big offensive performances. And then, obviously, the Sunday pitcher is a whole different animal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they hung in there and they grounded it out and they just waited for an opportunity to capitalize on a mistake. And and then that's, that's part of baseball, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so that's that you know, so that good. Anyway,
1: I'm going to let you hit the road and uh, have a great day, my man. Frank, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. Always great stuff. Appreciate Frank calling in. Um, yeah, the midweek. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Let's see. Um, Shane Lyons, they let old guys like Jeremy Wardell in here. Damn, I had no idea.
2: <laughs>
1: John Eber, the other week we got YouTube TV, so we don't have to, we don't have SEC Network Plus. So I'm going to listen to Derek Scott and Tommy Moody. I hear you, my friend. <clears throat> Not a bad way to go about it. Those guys do a great job. By the way, side note tonight. Of course, Jerzenbeck getting the baseball for South Carolina. How about for Winthrop? Brody Hopkins. If that name sounds familiar, it should. Brody Hopkins, the younger brother of former Gamecock T.J. Hopkins. He will get the baseball. uh, I believe Brody transferred from College of Charleston, if I recall correctly. So Brody Hopkins getting the start for Winthrop. How about that? So a quality arm for the Eagles. Brody Hopkins is a good player. Brody Hopkins is a good player, no doubt. So, uh, very excited, very excited to see it. I mean, again, I've, i I've, I've locked in my prediction. I've got the Gamecocks winning nine to two. Uh, I do think South Carolina, uh, over time will be able to wear down that Winthrop pitching staff, but uh, Brody Hawkins, is a good player. So do not be surprised if it's a closer game or if it's a closer game than expected, maybe I should say, if it's a close game in like the fourth, fifth inning, you know, don't hit the panic button. If it's a one, nothing, two to one type of game, um, uh, but, anyways, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Actually, uh, got a lot of love for the Hopkins family, man. It's 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 really really cool that you know when I was coming up, <clears throat> I would say really the the baseball team and the baseball parents really embraced me almost as family. You know, back when we had like a thousand followers or whatever, like I think they've always appreciated the coverage of the baseball content. All right, let's jump to the phone lines here. Dalton. <clears throat> Dalton, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, How's it going with you today? I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you asking. What's going on?
5: Uh, I wanted to call to sort of ask you a question about this uh, Eli uh, Jerzenbeck kid, the the freshman that's pitching tonight. Obviously, you know, there's been a lot of hype in the, you know, college baseball world, so to speak, about him. You know, he was a pretty highly rated prospect. My question is, do you feel that Eli Jerzenbeck is primarily going to be used as a midweek starter and a and a, a bullpen reliever, or do you think we could potentially see him pitching on you know Sunday uh, in an SEC series later on this year?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think Jerzenbeck is a guy that uh, you could certainly see down the road as, as long as things go well for him, which they should. Uh, I think you could definitely see South kind of use him you know, on the weekend. I was just trying to pull up his numbers here. Uh, you know, when D1 baseball speaks really, really high of this kid and they did in the preseason, they said Eli Jerzenbeck is going to be a superstar. It's just a matter of when. You know, 93 to 96 with the fastball, really good changeup. Uh, two different breaking balls. His slider is 3,100 RPM spin rate. So, I mean, you know, the, he's got a big breaking low 80s hammer curve. So has the stuff, has the moxie from what we've heard. So I think obviously, again, you're going to see Eli Jerzenbeck start in the midweek like he is tonight, but do not be surprised if he's a guy that I think even when he's pitching on the midweek, I mean, if he shows effectiveness, I think you could absolutely look and see him pitching on SEC weekends, no doubt. Maybe not starting, because I think your starting rotation is pretty much set, Dalton. Unless, again, unless something happens that is unforeseen, I really do believe in the trio of of Sanders Hall Mahoney. I mean, I, I really, really do. I, I think one of those guys would, again, knock on wood. I don't even want to speak the I word, right, would have to, to run into some trouble in that regard, but uh, or, or just would have to start not pitching well. But I, I just don't see that being the case. Like, I, I really don't see either three of those guys losing their job. But uh, I think Jerzenbeck certainly is a guy that down the road you, you could see – um, you know, he is a true freshman, right? This is his first collegiate start. But as he gets more comfortable, I think absolutely they could use him in the bullpen and maybe use him in a long relief role or, or what have you. Because, again, he's got the stuff. If he can come and do his own, you know, obviously um, adjust to this level of competition and, and have that confidence, have that, um, have that composure, if you will. I mean, he's got all the tools, man. So I, I think you could certainly
2: see
5: Eli Jerzenbeck pitching down the road on SEC weekends. And then my question is uh, about the lineup. Do you think that the lineup is basically set? Obviously, you know, we had Dylan Brewer uh, start for us uh, the first two games, and you know how I feel about Dylan Brewer. Um, right. But my question is, do you think we could see some uh, of the freshmen come off the bench and, and uh, you know, be in the starting lineup like a uh, Michael Braswell or someone like that? Um, you know, if we, we find some holes later on in the season? Well,
1: I, I, I don't think the lineup is totally set, no. I, I think there's still some competition. I mean, I, I think there's a couple of guys. There's definitely some some glue guys, if you will, that are going to be in there day after day. I think Talmadge LeCroy, Carson Hornung, Braylon Wimmer, um, probably a Gavin Cassis, but I think even that's one where if he got cold, I think you could see Cole Messina slide to first, Lee Croy at catcher, and then who plays third base, right? Would it be Braswell? Would it be Petrie? Would it be Madden? Um, McGillis, I think, is going to be an everyday guy. Caleb Denny is going to be an everyday guy. You know, you've got that competition out in right field, right, with, with Dylan Brewer and does somebody else get an opportunity? What does that mean if, if that's the case and Hornung slid over? What does that mean for DH? So I don't think it's totally set. I mean, I, I think, again, you've got four or five guys that are going to be you know, I mean, listen, it's South Carolina. If you get cold and you're not producing, there's going to be somebody waiting in the wings to take your job. But, again, out of out of the LeCroys, the Messinas, the Wimmers, the Denny's, the McGillis's, I, I think those are guys that are going to be in the lineup every day, barring, you know, again, them getting ice cold. I think they'll be in there. But, again, this is the time of year where – you are figuring out what you got. Right. I mean, like a guy like Dylan Brewer, for example, I mean, I, I don't know if he starts tonight. I don't know if he starts tomorrow. I don't know if he starts this weekend, but it's like I told you over the weekend, I, I think they're going to give him a couple more opportunities, but Hey, if you get through two weekends and you know, the, the kid's hitting, you know, he's one for 25 to open the year. I mean, he's probably not going to get many more opportunities, right? The, the season's just too short. You know, you don't, you, you can't get 30 games to figure it out. Cause that's half the season in college baseball. So, uh, again, to, to answer your question, I, I think there are a couple of positions that w- you feel pretty good about. But uh, the beautiful thing is you've got competition. You've got guys waiting in the wings that can help you, as you saw from opening weekend. Different guys, you know, making contributions. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think they feel they, they they feel pretty good where they're at with the lineup right now. And again, you, you've got healthy competition, which is only a positive. I agree, man. I liked how
5: we looked the uh, first uh, series of the season obviously you can't draw that many conclusions from it because it was UMass Lowell and I mean we we it would have taken a a horrendous performance I think to lose to a team like that so I mean it's it's good that we're hitting early and we're scoring a lot of runs early Um, it'll definitely build confidence I I believe going forward but uh, you know one thing that's not in doubt is that our pitching is absolutely elite, probably top four in the SEC. Um, it's just can we keep consistently uh, putting runs on the board? Yeah. But uh, I like where we're at, and we'll just see where we're where we're uh, headed.
1: Yeah, not, not looking too far ahead, Dalton. I was just thinking about this because you were talking about Dylan Brewer. Isn't it crazy to think that there's actually a really good chance that going into that sucks series, none of the sucks transfers even see the field during that series? I mean, I don't think Jonathan French is going to play. Dylan Brewer might be benched by that point, and Ricky Williams is injured. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just kind of intriguing that, like, that was – I thought of that as that's going to be a really interesting dynamic and a big storyline going into that one, but it might not be because none of those guys might play, which, wouldn't, again, wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the only one that really has a shot to play is Dylan Brewer, and you're not just going to throw him out there for the sake of the storyline, right? Like, if he's not producing, you're not going to put him out there. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I hope Dylan Brewer has a great year, but I know you and I get him talked about it. I, you know, it's it's hard for me. I'm not going to fake it when it comes to Dylan Brewer. I, I didn't think he was a great player at Clemson, so I, I didn't think you were picking up some All SEC player. Like the hope was that maybe a change of scenery would help him out. But you know, it's it's not a good sign when you score 49 runs and guys are just bashing the ball over the yard and you go over with four strikeouts, you know what I mean? Against the worst competition I mean, the, the you'll probably pitching, see all year.
5: The pitching is even harder in the SEC. I mean, you've right. got, <laughs> you got future right. major leaguers on the mound every single night, you yeah. know. I, I mean, it doesn't get any easier. If you can't get a hit off of UMass Lowell's pitching staff, then I doubt that you'll be able to get a hit off of Florida or Tennessee or – Vanderbilt or a team like that, you know. So Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll just see we'll just see what happens, but I I think we're going to, you know, sweep the midweek hopefully. If we start losing midweek games, then we'll know that there's another issue, but I think, you know, one of our biggest issues last year was injuries. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems that we have, you know, a couple injuries but not really anything that would uh be incredibly detrimental to the team. So We'll just see how it goes tonight, and, uh, you know, hopefully we we can make a run at the end of this thing.
1: Absolutely, Dalton. Well said, my friend. I appreciate the call. All right. You have a good one. Yeah, man, you too. Great stuff. No, great stuff from Dalton. And, again, I, I agree with everything you say, and, you know, you, you keep a close eye on the midweek this year because of the struggles last year. But looking at this year's team, I mean, I, I just think, guys, again, you talk about Eli Jerzenbeck going tonight, who we, we have talked about ad nauseum today, an absolute stud, right, with the, with, with the stuff that he has. And, you know, D1 Baseball thinks the kid's a future superstar, and I see why, you know, again, when you look at the stuff and the build and everything else. And you got, then you got James Hicks going tomorrow. That was on your weekend staff last year. So, I mean, it's just the depth that you have in, in, in your pitching staff, I think alone, I think that's going to carry you through the non-conference alone because your offense ain't even going to have to do that much. I mean, your 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 ERA and non conference is going to be crazy, right? So, um, it certainly is a luxury. Again, you've got an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the pitching staff. Uh, let's see. Anyways, guys, eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. That is eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Here on this Tuesday, February the twenty first. 2023 again really really excited to see eli jerzenbeck toe the rubber and again like i mentioned earlier if you need a reason to tune into the midweek there's your reason eli jerzenbeck gonna be a lot of fun to watch him pitch i would expect him him to have a lot of success a lot of success uh here on a tuesday so let's see I literally just see Matt Bruno, John Edward, and Jimmy Mendio going back and forth about SEC Network Plus. Love it. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Um, Again, guys, I'm actually looking at collegefootballnews.com dropped their college football attendance rankings. 2023 College Ball News five-year program analysis. So where do the Gamecocks rank here? They're not in the top ten. Let's see. Clem sucks at fourteen. South Carolina at sixteen. South Carolina at sixteen. Our twenty twenty two average attendance was seventy five seven eight five. Field stating capacity ninety seven point seven one percent. But you know what? That includes that includes the SC State game where it was a hurricane and basically nobody showed up. <laughs> like so. I mean, we sold out every game, which at least sold out the tickets was was the stadium completely packed every game it's up for debate but i just say we sold out every game outside of that SC state game so um
2: <clears throat> let's see again guys appreciate you all tuning in thank you all so much for the continued love and support Ryan, any chance of Kendall Rogers at D1
1: Baseball on the show this season? Great question. You know, we had Aaron Fitt. I shot Kendall Rogers a DM, but, uh, you know, listen, he's a busy guy. I totally understand. Um, <clears throat> totally understand. So, I, you know, we'd love to have him on. I'd love to have him on, Braddock. We'll see if we can get him on. Braddock says I saw ESPN top 25 and they didn't have the Gamecocks on it, have Florida ranked like 19th. Really? Really? That's interesting for for
2: football for football that is very interesting uh, let's see
1: anyways guys appreciate you all tuning in. Eight four three seven nine zero three three seven seven. Like I mentioned, uh, the big news regarding content, um, I-, I will get it uploaded or get it scheduled, if you will. But the live stream watch-alongs, those will be taking place next weekend. I don't know exactly how how often we are going to do them. I, I don't know exactly how often we're going to do them, but uh, we're going to play around with it next weekend for the Clem Suck Series. Really, really excited for that. Uh, I think it'll be, I I honestly think it's a huge value add for, for content. And, you know, when people scoff and like, you're not going, what do you mean? Like, you have to understand, I'm not the common fan, right? I'm not the common fan anymore, right? So I've got to put creating, and I do put creating content, you know, driving value, like being there in person's great. Don't get me wrong. But my number one goal on game day is to create great content. That's it. That's my business, creating content. And I can do that at a much higher level when not at the game. And so a live stream watch along is nothing but a content or a value add, I should say, through content. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it's one of those things where, I'm excited for it. Truly, genuinely, I'm excited. Again, I think this will be something that will eventually lead into the football season. I think we will do that, guys. My mind is pretty much made up on it. I love going to Willie B. I love going to games. But I also love it. I've even said this before, guys. I, I think watching football on TV is superior. I really do. I mean, I, I, football is made to watch on television. It really – I mean, being there in person is great. Like, being in the stadium for the Tennessee game, being in the stadium for the A&M game, Incredible had a blast. But the product of football, the product of football, is it's literally made for TV. When you factor in the replays and what the analysts, the role they play. And so I'd actually prefer to watch it on TV. And I, I feel like I miss a lot of the game when I'm there in person, to be totally honest with you. So I think if nothing else, I think it'll absolutely be a value add and it will only enhance our content. Anyways, more on that later. Guys, we're going to jump into a quick
2: break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you. More your questions, comments, calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking our questions, comments, calls. 843-790-3377. That is
1: 843-790-3377. Here on this Tuesday, February the 21st, twenty twenty. Again, Gamecocks taking on Winthrop today at 4 o'clock. And like I mentioned earlier, if you need a reason to watch Eli Jerzenbeck, that's going to be your reason to tune in. D1 Baseball has labeled him as a future superstar in the Garnet and Black. When when you look at the stuff, you look at the build, the projectability, why not, right? 93 to 96 with the fastball has two different breaking balls, a plus changeup. Going to be a lot of fun to watch him pitch in the midweek. And I think a guy that, as the season goes, you certainly could see him help South Carolina on SEC weekends and also help them make a deep run in the postseason, assuming the Gamecocks get that far as well. Really excited. I think your future Friday night guy, I think that's what he'll be groomed to be. At minimum, will be groomed to be a weekend starter. So really, really pumped to watch the youngster from Charlotte spin the baseball this afternoon, looking forward to it again, the Gamecocks expect them, of course, to get a big dub over Winthrop and uh, really excited to watch some midweek baseball, the first midweek game of the 2023 season. Um, guys, we got Mark Rogers of the voice of college football. He is upcoming at 115. So if you'd like to submit some questions from Mark, by the way, in regards to Gamecocks football, you're more than welcome to do so. And I was thinking about this over the break that, you know, the the calmness of things right now, right? Social media hasn't really hit the fan lately. Knock on wood, right? Social media hasn't hit the fan lately. The the craziness, the chaos that we sometimes see it hasn't happened. And it's a beautiful thing, man. I mean, again, I, I, I love football season, but I love the different seasons for different reasons, right? I love the chill, laid-back nature of baseball. I I love that it's just about the sport. You know, it's it's not about the craziness, the chaos. It's just... It's kind of a more chill, relaxed vibe, and I I rock and resonate with that heavily. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from... Robbie Davis, Zaxby's Hall of Famer. Robbie Davis, what's up, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, my friend. Appreciate you asking what's going on.
6: Okay. The main thing I'm going to be looking for tonight and tomorrow... For these two midweek games, is can we replicate what we did this past weekend? Because if we can keep doing what we did this past weekend with this pitching staff that we have, and with the way the bats did this weekend, of course, it was only one weekend—the first the first weekend of the of the season—so we really don't know much, but. The real question is, can we build off of this going into tonight, tomorrow night, and this weekend? Because like you said before going to break, right, we did not do very well at all in the midweek, in the midweek games last season, and I think if we if we just stay focused on what we can control, and win these games and the games this weekend, we'll put some we, we will put some people on notice that we're we're somewhat back to where we used to be which is a top dog when it comes
5: to baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think taking care of business, robbing the midweek is is absolutely huge. And, I mean, it has to be. It has to be a point of emphasis after last year, right? You went, I think the record was 14-11 and 11 in the midweek, and, and Winthrop wasn't a team you had trouble with. But it was games like this that um, mm-hmm. you, you saw the issues, right, rear their ugly head, even before, uh, even before SEC play. So, you know, it's massively important. I mean, again, you look at last year, Hey, you only went one game worse in SEC play than the eventual national champions Ole Miss, but you were so bad in the non-conference. You were so bad in midweek. And there were a number of reasons for that. Injuries, inconsistencies, right. But that's why there has to Mm -hmm. be a point of emphasis on it this year. And, you know, consistency is a character trait of a great team. And the standard at South Carolina baseball is 40 wins. I don't give a damn who you are. It's 40 wins. If you're going to hit 40 wins, you got to win the midweek. You got to win the non-conference. Those count too. They add up. So just taking care of business approach it the right way. Listen, if you're expecting Carolina to score 20 runs a night, I think you're going to be disappointed, but you know, you're the better team. When you got a guy like Eli Jerzenbeck on the bump, James Hicks tomorrow, the guys you're going to throw, it's a luxury and and, and you should be able to take care of business. Now, I will say all that and then say this. It is college baseball. I guarantee you there's going to be teams right. that lose tonight that you're going to be like, what in the world? You can't bring a football mindset to it. It's going to happen. But it needs to be a very right. rare occurrence. Very rare, right? So, right. Um, you know, carrying that over, carrying the momentum, playing your best baseball tonight, obviously something we're going to be watching for. And I think it's something that's really important. And I do believe it's where you're going to see the biggest stride for this team. I think you're going to see this team Look like a completely different ball club from a year ago in the midweek.
6: Right. For sure. And regardless of what happens this season, <laughs> right, because like you said, there, like you've said before, there will be times this baseball season where we do not show up and we look like straight garbage. There will be times where that happens. I'm hoping that – I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. I mean, I, I'll just, i'll just time. say
1: this. I don't even know if saying, like, we didn't show up. There's just some days that – you know, there's some days where the baseball looks like a right. – where the baseball looks like a beach ball, and there's some days where it looks like a pebble. I mean, it just – it happens. It's a hard game. It's right. a really hard game. Um, right. I mean, listen, I equate it to golf. I mean, listen, there's – it's a game full of – it's a game full of good intentions with not always good results. I mean, listen, I, some days you show up and you just feel like you've never swung a club before. I mean, it just happens. I don't, I don't know. Hard yeah. to explain, but it just happens, you know. But limiting those, that's why they play so many games, mm-hmm. you know. That's why you don't play one mm-hmm. game in baseball because the number of different results, the number of different outcomes that it can occur, it's so mm-hmm. random You need a large number of games to determine, okay, who is really the best. So that's why they don't only play one game. That's why they play a series versus playing one game. You know what I mean? So, but it's limiting those negative outcomes as much as possible. Right. It's limiting those negative outcomes.
6: Yeah. And, and, and like, unlike football, right? With baseball, if you don't, win today there's always tomorrow or what have you. But with football, if you screw up, it could mess with you mentally on for for the next week's game when it comes to football, right? Because you're so worried about making that mistake again that you wind up making a mistake. Mm -hmm. But with baseball you can bounce back, I feel like easier whenever you do something, whenever something happens like that, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, and again, I think the reason, like, number one, you couldn't play a series in football because it's such a physically demanding game. There's just no way it wouldn't be safe. Right. But also in football, too, Robbie, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. Do upsets happen in college football? Absolutely. But -hmm. at the same time, again, I mean, football is a sport where five to six teams realistically can win the national championship. I, I, that's it, and that's it, that's it. Baseball, there's there's 30 teams that can win it all. You know what I mean? 20 teams, right? Yeah. Football's not that way. It's a, it's a brute strength, size, speed game. And if you have more guys right. that are bigger, faster, and stronger, you're going to win. Basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. that you know, e- baseball especially, it's not that way. It's a skill game. You can be five six and throw 98. Baseball's more of a you can, you can be. Yeah. Yeah, you can be five five and and run a six one sixty and 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 you know, so it's 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 just different. It's yeah. just a completely different, <clears throat> completely and, and and like normally, you know, at the end of the season in football, the best team wins. I mean, the best teams win. You know what I mean? Like, do upsets happen? Right. Sure, but you don't need a series. You you don't need multiple games in that fashion to to determine who the best team is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just a completely different, completely different game. <laughs> completely different game. Yeah.
6: I got, I got hey, I see, I see. uh uh Bruin Nation just commented and mentioned Zach. Come got, on now, don't be talking got, junk about You got that, the man. comments pulled up. That.
1: You got the comments pulled up. I feel like that's not a norm. Don't for be you. doing that.
6: Listen here, Bruin Nation. I ain't got no ill will towards you or anybody. Okay, but I'm just telling you. Well,
1: I don't, I don't think Zaxi he was. Is is, is the stuff. Oh. I, I don't I don't oh, think that oh, I, he was. Oh, I misread the... Yeah, no, he's just saying that. Uh, it, it, it's he's just comparing the two. Oh,
6: okay. I miss I mis- I misread the comment, but yeah, I got the comments pulled up on YouTube. r twenty six showed me how to do that, so now I can see the comment. <laughs> no, Zaxby's is better than Chick Fil A. You're outside of your mind, Gavin. But um. My predictions for tonight and tomorrow are if we hit the way we hit this past weekend, I think we'll put them away early. I think it'll be 10 to 2 tonight. And then for tomorrow, 9 to 2. I like it. Yeah, tonight. I can see it, and so so. I can see. I it. just think I think I think I've, at some point tonight and tomorrow it, it, that it'll show that we have the better arms and the better backs. And I'm not saying that Winthrop, Winthrop or Queens is a, a horrible baseball team, but I think that caliber of player will show its head the next two days and hopefully coming into this
1: weekend. I agree. I love it, Robbie. I love it. So, but uh, I'm
6: going to go ahead and get off of here. Uh, I will uh, talk to you tomorrow and uh, go Gamecocks and to heck with them tater eaters.
1: Well said, Robbie. I appreciate you, my friend. You too, buddy. Talk all soon. right, man. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. He's picking a pair of wins. Not shocking, but uh, picking a pair of wins for this week. Austin Greer commented, wild take that football isn't more of a skill game than baseball. Is it a wild take, Austin? I, I don't think that's a wild take at all. Baseball is far more of a skill game than football. I'm not saying it doesn't take skill to play football, but you take a baseball player and throw him on a football field, he, he can learn how to play and he, he will play and probably be pretty good. A, a random football player ain't hitting a baseball, my man. He, he ain't doing it. That, that, that's the difference in baseball and every other sport. You take a baseball athlete and put them in any other sport, they could figure it out. I'm not saying they'd be all conference, all American. They could play, though. They could play. I'm sorry, but G.G. Jackson, he ain't hitting a baseball. Spencer Rattler ain't hitting a baseball. Like, they're just not doing it. They're just not doing it. So, yeah, I think baseball is far more of a skill game And that's, again, it's not to say that football doesn't take skill, but football is more of a brute strength, size, speed type of game. Like, how big you are, how strong you are, I mean, how strong you are matters, but you see what I'm saying. Like, as important as the measurables are in baseball, they're really not. You know what I mean? They're really not. Like, for example, to play offensive line, you need to be 6'5". Like, some guys do it at 6'3", but, like, you need to be big as hell. You ain't got to be big to hit bombs. You ain't got to be big to throw 95. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to. So, does it take skill to play football? Hell, yeah. It takes a lot of skill to play football, but not baseball is much more of a skill. Hell, golf's more of a skill game. You don't have to be the athlete, but golf is insanely hard. Insanely hard. Anyways, I, you know, I'm not trying to knock football at all, but when we're talking about a pure skill game, <clears throat> yeah, it's hitting hitting a 95 on our fastball is the toughest, one of the toughest thing in sports. And Austin, all you're saying is that's wild. I, I mean, if you got, if you've got an argument, I'd love to hear it, but you're not giving me one. You're just saying that's crazy. I mean, if you played both, you you would most certainly understand. And I mean, I, Anyways, I, again, it's not a knock on football, but football you can be big and strong and be good. That's not the case in baseball. At, at not
2: even remotely. Not even remotely. Austin Greer, John Daly ain't more skilled than JC Horn collectively. Comparing John Daly
1: to JC Horn well, is John Daly a better athlete than J.C. Horn? Hell no. I, Austin, we all know that. I'm not, com- I'm not even comparing specific athletes. I'm comparing the games themselves. <clears throat> does, does golf have better athletes as a whole than football? Hell no. Does baseball have better athletes than football collectively? Probably not. I'm talking the game themselves. Hitting a 95 on our fastball is harder than anything you can do in football. You can't convince me otherwise, bro. You, you just can't. It's not even remotely close. It's not even remotely close. <clears throat> Again, it's not a knock on football. I just, I, I don't know. I don't think that's even a hot take, but whatever. Hey, the beauties in the banter. We love it. We love it. Yeah. Baseball, you fail 70% of the time, and you're a Hall of Famer. You succeed 30% of the time, and you're a Hall of Famer. You, you complete three of ten passes. You ain't going to be starting for very long, right? So, I mean, we hey, listen. We could pose this question to the masses. What's more of a skill game, baseball or football? I say baseball, and it's not even close. And it's not a knock on football, like I mentioned. But there's arguably nothing tougher in sports than hitting a 95 on our fastball. Again, you take an athlete in baseball and put them in football and basketball and whatever else, you give them some time to practice, they can be a contributor. You take a football player and put them in the batter's box, you take a, a basketball player and put them in the batter's box, they stand no chance. I mean, they stand no chance. If they don't have a background in baseball, they stand no chance whatsoever. That's the difference. It's not a knock or, or you know, a, a, a downplaying of football or basketball, but baseball is more, more of a skill game. Absolutely. 110%. Austin Greer, I could give you a month and you ain't touching a 95 on our hour fastball, man. You're just not. You may, maybe you'll tip it, but you're not getting a hit. You're not getting a hit. Bobby Patterson, stirring up controversy again. You're out of control, loose cannon. Jesus, yeah. Stirring up the controversy. I can't help myself. Joseph said, baseball is the only sport that uses rotational energy. That's why Giannis couldn't hit a ball off a tee. I mean, you think, too, like Michael Jordan, one of the greatest athletes ever,
2: was a very sus baseball player. Anyways, I mean, it's, again. The beautiful
1: thing is, I'm not asking Spencer Rattler to hit a fastball. I'm asking him to throw touchdowns. He does that very well. So, and
2: I'm also not asking, I'm also not asking Cole Messina to go throw a
1: touchdown pass. Right. So, we're all, we're all good. All these sports I'm mentioning, they are very difficult. They are very difficult. So, I'm not, you know, I got nothing for love, but nothing but love for the football guys and, And the
2: difficulty of the game. Yeah. Southeastern 14 with baseball power
1: rankings. Gamecocks come in at ninth in the baseball power rankings. Their their inaugural SEC baseball power rankings. The list looks like this. LSU, Florida, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Vandy, Alabama, and then the Gamecocks. Following South Carolina is Auburn, Mizzou, Mississippi State, Georgia, and Kentucky. Yeah, Georgia almost lost two of three to uh, Jacksonville State. It was very, very close. Very, very close.
2: Very, very close indeed. Let's see. Mm -mm
1: -mm. Anyways, football is very hard. I'm not trying to knock any football guys out there, but it's a different game. Totally different game, which makes sense. Which makes sense. Anyways, guys, Gamecocks taking on Winthrop. Four o'clock first pitch today at Founders Park. Really excited. Love the midweek games. Love the having baseball in a midweek to watch. I mean, again, it's it's one of the reasons why. It's one of the reasons why, you know, you love baseball season, man. There's just constant baseball happening day after day after day. You know, people ask me all the time, are you more busy during football season, baseball season, basketball season? It's a different kind of busy, right? Because in football season, I mean, the content's bleeding out the eyeballs and, and we spend, All week, breaking down, previewing, dissecting one individual game, right? Baseball and basketball, the busyness comes from there's just so many more games, especially on the baseball side of things. So it's a different kind of busy. It's a different kind of busy, but uh, I love it. I truly love it. I absolutely love it, for sure. Austin Greer says, I was pimping baseballs and coaches pitch. Can't lie to you. I love that. Love to hear that, Austin. Love to hear that, my guy.
2: Love to hear that. Mm -mm -mm.
1: Anyways, we got Mark Rogers upcoming in about eight minutes or so. Really excited to get him on. Looking forward to
2: our conversation. Talking all things South Carolina football, really. Um... So, looking forward to that. Mark Rogers, a good friend of mine, and very, very excited
1: for our conversation.
2: Let's see. Gamecock fan
1: says, did you have flashbacks from your Newberry days when we were teeing off on Lowell this weekend? Yeah, I got my tits ripped in college. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, not very good. He says, my cousin ripped a grand slam against you when Newberry played Lander. Yeah, I pitched against Lander. That was my first start, I think. My first actual college start. And I threw decently into like the third or fourth inning. And I think I, I think I gave up four runs, maybe five runs, something like that. But yeah, man. You know, it's a shame. I, I I look back on my my college days, and I was so just in my head mentally, and and just, you know, I had I had su- the thing that made me pitch so well in high school. I had supreme confidence, and I, I don't know why I, I got to I got to Newberry, and I felt like I just tried to reinvent the wheel, and mechanically, I was just all over the place, and and just again mentally, just I I don't know. Lost that confidence that I had, and you know, I I got it back. My the fall of my sophomore year, we had a pitching coach, Nick Brannon, that that was the best I pitched while at Newberry. Uh, got me to lower my hands, loosen up a little bit, and you know, I was dotted up, spotting, and just I I don't know, man. Uh, you know, had another pitching coach. Had a couple of different pitching coaches during my time. I think that was, yeah. I mean, I I, I think that was certainly a, a negative effect on me. I had a uh, you know, Bob Reichman was our head coach my freshman year with uh, named Chris Youngberg or whatever, I believe, was the pitching coach. And we were terrible, and those guys got fired into my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, again, is when we had Nick Brandon. Nick Brandon was there for literally one semester under Russell Triplett. New pitching coach comes in. Uh, we had Saberhagen, who I thought was awesome, by the way, son of uh, MLB pitcher, what, Drew Saberhagen, I believe, for the Royals. Um, I forget what his dad's name. Either way, we had saves there. He was really good. I enjoyed him, but our main pitching coach, Brett Jody, who actually pitched at South Carolina, um, not not a great relationship. I'll be totally honest with you. I was I was not a. We we just didn't get along. Didn't see eye to eye. Um, did not click. It did not click between me, he and I, and that was my spring of sophomore year and junior year. And again, it just, just never really clicked. And my, my, my Newberry experience was very, very interesting. And I was not very good. You know, it's funny. People try to people try to rag me on social media about the way I pitched in college. I, I know I didn't pitch worth a damn. <laughs> I know I didn't. It's a shame because I didn't put my best foot forward and I, I didn't uh I was a lot better than what I show, but I was just so mentally in my head. I was so mentally in my yeah his okay so his son's name was Drew Saberhagen. Brett Saberhagen's the one that pitched for the Royals but yeah, I was just so in my head, man, and and I just, yeah, the, the the mechanism was was far from cleared, my friend, for sure. The mechanism was far from cleared. So, um, yeah, that's funny. Your cousin played at Lander. Yeah, they were a good ball club. And we played against them, um, and I pitched a couple times in the midweek and just got shit on, dude. Just got rocked. So, no other way to put it. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, that's why I really I transferred transferred after my uh, my junior year, man. I, I was just, to be honest with you, I was miserable. I was miserable at Newberry. Uh, but, again, kind of a crappy situation. Coach gets fired after your freshman year, like I said. We probably had, like, 10 or 11 guys from my class hit the portal, or hit the portal, I should say. Uh, th- the portal wasn't a thing. <laughs> Just transfer. Had about 10 or 11 guys transfer uh, after my junior year. And, uh, yeah, just kind of a shitty situation. But it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. So, um, I mean, I had some really, really good times at Newberry. Had some great times at Newberry, but yeah, it was just a very, very interesting point in my life for sure. Guys, let's jump into a quick break. Uh, I want to get one in before we talk with Mark Rogers of the Voice of College Football. Very excited to talk Gamecocks football with him. So sit tight. We'll be right back. More of your questions, comments, calls, of course, later in the show. But Mark Rogers of the Voice of College Football, he will join us
2: right after the break. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Very excited to have us join the show today. Mark Rogers, the voice of college
1: football. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in here on this Tuesday, February the 21st, 2023. Of course, it's game day in Gamecock Nation, the first midweek baseball game of the 2023 season. But we're talking South gonna football for the next 20 or 30 minutes with, again, my good friend, Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, he joins us. Mark, what's going on, my friend? Great to have you on this side of things, by the way. I know I've been on your show a bunch, but for you to jump on TDC, man, it's an absolute blast. What's going on?
7: Whoa, Chris, I just saw myself pop up on the screen, man. That The camera is uh, in zoomed. close. I don't know if anybody wants to see that much of the uh, voice of college football here. We'll <laughs> back it up just a tad. Good to see you, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. Again, I appreciate you
1: taking the time. Mark, I'll start here. I'll pose this question to you that I posed to our audience a little bit earlier. And I know obviously you're a college football guy, hence the name, the voice of college football. So this time of year, you know, there there's certain pockets where I feel like it's sort of a a dead period, right? The month of December used to be one until the transfer portal just went crazy. And it basically turned into college football free agency, if you will. But I feel like this time of year is kind of one of those moments. So how does Mark Rogers like to spend his time? Are you already – because when you're covering it nationally, I know it's – it's obviously it's amplified. Are, are you already sort of preparing for, you know, getting ready to talk spring ball or, or the fall with college football? Are you watching the college basketball, baseball stuff? Like, like what is, what is Mark Rogers
7: doing this time of year? So, for about seven years, I was a sportscaster – at a CBS station in Mississippi, I was had some other sports casting gigs, so I was a you know, I've covered Final Fours, NCAA tournaments, been to College World Series back to back years when I covered Mississippi State. So I was a more well rounded guy when I worked uh, in the corporate world there. But uh, now that I'm doing my own thing, it's all college football all the time, non stop. And I do feel for guys like you, Chris. Uh, and I know you've broadened out to the SEC and you're really looking at the SEC, but guys that are just ingrained in one team, one program, that would drive me crazy. First of all, you got these dead spots, nothing's going on. Number two, man, I can only talk about the battle for the backup left guard position so many times. So it's nice that I got 25 team channels covering all sorts of different teams because there's, there's always something comes up with somebody every day And, you know, we got so much drama with realignment Mm -hmm. and potential scenarios and possibilities. And, of course, Oklahoma, Texas just announced last week coming to the SEC a year earlier than a lot of people thought. I always pegged uh, 2024 as that destination time. So not a big surprise there. But, uh, uh, you know, just to make things interesting, for example, last night we did an Oreo cookie challenge. I had to answer trivia questions and if I missed it, I had a full bag of 52 double stuff Oreos and I missed 34 questions. I took like 90 questions and I'm talking about crazy trivia questions like who won the 1963 Rose Bowl kind of questions or you know, uh, man, I had one LSU guy you know wanting me to recite who scored touchdowns in games in 1988. Uh, but i said it's all fair game so i had to down 34 or double stuff oreo cookies last night so we're we're doing things to make it fun during things the daytime. Th- things get a little wacky in the off season <laughs> the quote-unquote off season if you will which we absolutely
1: love and i will say this mark you are right to a degree if i wasn't a diehard baseball guy which i am played it in college and i just i love it i, I love Cox baseball i love talking it and but if I wasn't a diehard baseball guy, this probably would be a pretty excruciating time of year just in the sense of South Carolina basketball is not very good. Uh, and so, yeah, there there's would not be a ton to touch on. So uh, with that being said, though, man, again, football news never stops, right? It never sleeps 24-7, 365. You mentioned the realignment and the news of Texas and Oklahoma. They will be joining the SEC as soon as next year. So it's really exciting, right? This time next year we're talking, we're going to be talking about Two new teams. It's going to be a 16-team league now, and there's been a lot of discussion in regards to the way the scheduling format's going to be, three permanent rivals, what have you. And I've seen, you know, different projections for South Going to specifically, will it be Georgia, Florida, Vandy, or Georgia, you know, Tennessee, Vandy, Georgia, Florida, whatever. Whatever it might be. My question more so to you, Mark, is this. With the additions of Texas and Oklahoma, this is now becoming much, much more of a reality. It's not something that we're looking like, Five years down the road, it's happening next year. Everybody not named Alabama and Georgia in the SEC. This isn't just a South kind of thing. It's sort of looking up, if you will. And now you add two more teams. I know the playoff is expanding, but what do you think it means, not so for the Bamas or the Georgias of the world, but for the teams like the South Carolinas, like the Kentuckys, like the Ole Misses that are, like, trying to break through – Because, of course, you ask any Gamecock fan, what's the ultimate goal for Shane Beamer? Win the SEC championship. Something that's never been done. But that goal is now going to get even harder. That task will be even more difficult. Asking the Gamecocks to do something, again, they have never done with even more stiff competition coming out of the conference.
7: Before I get into that, you're talking college baseball. I'm just going to dive into college baseball real quick, real quick. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my experience here, and this (laughs) is going way back, is – I grew up in the Midwest. Grew up around Major League Baseball. I love. I I was a, a, a baseball nerd. Couldn't play the sport to the level that you did. Just played in high school, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, one of the geeks that, that had every stat and roster locked into his brain. And I came south and covered the SEC for seven years. And to get ingrained in SEC baseball was a phenomenal yeah. experience. I loved it. It was just eye-opening to me that baseball can be played at that level with that kind of fervency, those kind of crowds, the tailgating, all of it that surrounds a weekend of SEC baseball uh, was phenomenal. So uh, that aside, looking at Texas, Oklahoma, coming to the SEC, and and really, like you say, the mindset that a lot of these mid-tier programs have to have playing in the best conference in college football, for me would be are we really looking at, let's take a Shane Beamer, let's take a Sam Pidman, somebody like that that's got a good thing going right now, but it's still, man, a long ways away from Alabama and Georgia. I think we're looking five and 10 years down the road, not to has Shane Beamer won the SEC championship, but people are going to be so hyper-focused on the playoff. And now that that's an opportunity that's been broadened out To the tenth best team in the country, the twelfth best team in the country. I think it's going to be more like: Is Shane Beamer getting us to the playoffs on a fairly regular basis? Is he in the running? Is he in the mix? And ten and two is going to get you to the playoffs, especially if you're in the SEC or the Big Ten. You're in ten and two probably anywhere else. You know, I've run the numbers and run the models going back through the previous years just to see how it would have lined up in the twelve-team playoff. And if the SEC continues to dominate, you know, and that committee continues to look at the metrics and weighs those schedules, nine and three is going to get an SEC team in the playoff unlike any other conference. So hit that nine win goal and you're probably from the SEC going to be in the playoff. And I think that's going to be more what the fans are going to be focused on.
1: It's interesting, Mark, how you just mentioned, again, the the winning your conference is not going to have the value it once did. With the expanded playoff, right? If that's really what it comes down to, like you mentioned, you don't even have to win the SEC, um, and it just feels like—don't you feel like like half the playoffs going to be SEC teams? I mean, it feels like it's shaping up that way. Which I mean, you could argue that. I mean, what was it, uh, Josh Heupel at Tennessee? They asked him what's your proposed for you know your your proposed idea of a playoff. Just take the four best teams from the SEC, and and they laughed and scoffed. But it's like, is he really wrong? I mean. You know, you could argue some years that that would make a lot of sense.
7: He's not wrong by much. <clears throat> not by much.
1: Not by much, for sure. Um, you know, you look specifically, Mark, on the Gamecocks. I know you and I have had many conversations, but for those of you, or for those who have not heard from you and your thoughts on just what South Carolina did in the 2022 season specifically, right? I mean, a, re- a, a year that, you know, really interesting up and down roller coaster type of season, which is pretty typical for Gamecocks football. But, uh, you know, the big storyline was around Spencer Rattler, the way he was going to change the offense for 10 of 12 regular season games. Very pedestrian. I think the last two games of the season really salvage our outlook on the way the Gamecocks perform. And you go 8-4 and four in the regular season, of course, suffer that tough bowl game loss to Notre Dame. But still a fantastic year two. a Shane Beamer. Just your thoughts, Mark, on the job Shane Beamer did in year two of his tenure.
7: Well, I think we need to go back to what he inherited, and also go back to the history of this program. So I don't know if I'm going to piss some of your viewers off by making this assessment, but I piss I piss I my own viewers <laughs> off, my friends. So you you right already ahead. got them there. Oh yeah. So, but basically, if you look at the landscape of college football historically, and look at the programs that have been down and are historically are down, Kansas State until until Bill Snyder turned them around, Oregon State, you know. They had a good year last year, but they've been awful. If you look at the all-time metrics, and I put this together a couple years ago in regards to who's won what, winning percentage, wake. It's a nice little story now. They got a good thing going. But historically, they're awful. And South Carolina is near that level. But the difference is I've always wondered – man, South Carolina is like in this different category. I'm going to put you – so take a little pride in this unique category that I can't think of a program in the country that's been as historically as bad as South Carolina that has the resources in terms of people pack that stadium. You know, they don't have 75,000 watching Oregon State play or Stanford or a lot of these teams across the country, man, this is a rabid fan base that loves football. It's football country. It's in the South. There's talent all over the place. And I've always wondered why isn't South Carolina better more often? So now we come to Shane Beamer. And so I think he's got an enormous opportunity. He's already taken advantage of it to a certain extent. Uh, Just the excitement and the energy that this dude brings to the program i think is pretty amazing he gets it he knows what connects with recruits you see the the videos you see the viral videos you see him mix it up he's not ashamed he's not afraid to get out there and i don't think it's a forced i don't think it's a brian kelly deal i think it's you know this is who he is he can stretch himself a little bit have some fun and uh recruits love that i've heard him mention that he sat down with recruits or gone into their home, and boom, they'll instantly pop up a Shane Beamer video and say, yeah, this this was cool. Uh, so I think he gets it, and he is the new wave of coach. You know, I think, oh, man, I might piss a few people off here again. Dabo Sweeney, I think, was maybe Pete Carroll Dabo Sweeney, the first of those guys that weren't, you know – I'm Nick Saban. I'm Urban Meyer. I run the program. I run it like a drill sergeant. You do what I say and I flash championship rings and, you know, everybody falls in line. Uh, they kind of get with the players, dance in the middle of the locker room, do all those things. And I just think Shane Beamer is amazing for this program. Now he's going to have to. He's made the jump from what? What was Will Muschiet? Two and eight? Uh, the the COVID season, yeah. the year before Shane Beamer, so he's made that okay. You're looking across at Kentucky, uh, well Tennessee, pre 22, uh, Missouri, those kind of programs, and those are those are obviously where the programs on South Carolina's level, and so those are the first ones you got to take down. Well, they've started to do that, and now it's going to be the next jump is the tough one, you know, right. to go from from. Five wins to eight in the SEC is, okay, that's a a nice improvement. You're starting to beat those mid-level teams. But, man, to go from eight to ten, okay, you got to beat Tennessee this year or or some other teams like that uh, to make that jump. So that's going to be a big question. But this Nicholas Harbour, and I know I had you on, uh, and you had predicted, hey, I think we're going to get him. I think he's turning our way. He did. And – you know, as well as anybody that not only brings a, a, a world class athlete to campus to utilize, but that draws attention that draws other athletes to say, hey, that dude's going to South Carolina. I better check this out, see what they got going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Nicholas Harbor and the recruiting momentum. Let's stick there, Mark. Your overall thoughts on what Beamer's doing on the recruiting trail, right? Because, I mean, that's it's about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. And, uh, you know, certainly you throw away his first class because he got there and two weeks later was signing day. But, uh, you know, the momentum they've got on the recruiting trail, the 2023 class finishing inside the top 20. You then look at 2024, they're right inside the top 10 right now. And it's obviously very early, but they are five for five on their five uh, commitments right now or four stars. I mean, you're just overall thoughts. I mean, again, I I think Shane Beamer, I, I know that, you know, I was very confident that he would do well
7: recruiting, but
1: I think maybe even he's exceeded my expectations at this point with just the level they're recruiting at right now.
7: Well, I think uh, there's a momentum factor to recruiting and if it's going against you and guys are starting to turn you down and obviously the wins and losses on the field are the first thing that people look at, okay, we're a 10 win football team. We're going to be drawing interest from recruits. Uh, If you're on the other side of that, then you need to figure out a way. You don't have your proof of concept in play on the field. So you got to be a salesman. You got to convince guys. You got to connect with them. You've got to. Uh, build relationships. So that's what he's been able to do without that winning um, track record, either personally himself as a new head coach or the program. So I think that has to be taken into consideration that he's done this well without any of that to fall back on to say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm Kirby smart. I took over for Mark Richt, you know, Georgia football's Georgia football. And even before Kirby elevated it, he, he was walking into a nice situation. Shane Beamer's not walking into a nice situation. And then on top of that, he can't say, well, I came from X, Y, or Z. I'm not Urban Meyer. I'm at Ohio State. I came from Florida. Look at what I did or fill in the blank. All sorts of different guys. Brian Kelly at LSU. Look at Notre Dame. Uh, so it's all energy, uh, relationship building, uh, him just being a guy that connect. Uh, and work his ass off. Obviously, those guys, you know, the first word that comes to mind when people talk about recruiting is it's a grind. And you got to be great at just, man, being relentless. And he obviously is that as well, but he does it in a very energetic way.
1: Spencer Rattler, Mark Rogers, let's go there. Uh, the, the Gamecocks offense coming into this season. First-year offensive coordinator Dowell Loggins will take over. Your top target in Juice Wells is back. You add Trey Knox in the transfer portal. A lot of reasons. Nicholas Harbor, of course, is going to play on the outside. There's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about this South kind of offense. But, you know, I still see a mixed bag in regards to the takes on Spencer Rattler and just what level of quarterback he is. You know, you've got some people, my good friend Anthony Trees over at Pro Football Focus that thinks he's all-world everything, could be a first-rounder in the next NFL draft. Uh, And then you see some others, you know, on three this morning, dropping their top 10 quarterbacks in college football rankings. Spencer Rattler is nowhere to be found. And I think there's arguments that support both, right? You look at last year. um, I mean, he was sensational, right, in those final two games. But for what, 90% of the regular season and 90% of the 2022 season as a whole, he wasn't very good. I mean, just call it for what it is. So when you view Spencer Rattler coming into this season How do you view him? Do you see more of the guy we saw in the first 10 games? Do you see more so of the guy we saw in the final two regular season games? Or do you see him being somewhere in between? Just how do you view his game coming in the 2023 year?
7: I got to say, Chris, if he would have stayed at the same school and played under the same system and the same coordinator, I would be concerned at this point from the standpoint that it's almost like Brett Favre. Brett Favre's an all-time great, but did he ever really learn from his mistakes? I don't think he really did. I think at 40, he was the same guy as he was when he was 25. Gunslinger, I'm an I'm a elite talent, but I'm going to still make the same mistakes. That's just who I am. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more learning process out of a quarterback And Spencer Radler, had he stayed at Oklahoma or any particular uh, program, same system, same coaches, and was making the same mistakes end of year three that he was making at the beginning of his career. You know, I remember 2020 at the outset of his Oklahoma career, all this hype surrounding him. He's a freshman, played like 90% of the plays out of his mind, racked up great stats, but made critical mistakes in – critical situations to lose ball games at the beginning of that season he improved a ton they went on a run won the rest of their games we know what happened the next season Caleb Williams takes over Uh, that's not looking like such a a bad transition you know here a year and a half later he comes to South Carolina and again I'm going to give him a little bit of a break saying okay this is year three this kid's played a lot of football but at the same time First year in a new system, new players, new concepts, terminology, everything's new. The hope is that obviously it clicked late against, uh, you know, the Tennessee defense, not necessarily the best, but the Clemson defense, uh, you know, pretty first rate. And he he uh, he looked really good down the stretch and in the bowl game as well. So I just think he is who he is to a certain extent that it's a high ceiling and the floor is a little bit lower than you would want it to be with Spencer Radler. The The thing that I think is awesome about this uh, offensive coordinator hire based on his experience is I think he's got all that NFL head coaching experience that really draws Spencer Rattler in, gets him excited about preparing him for the league, but at the same time recently at Arkansas has a lot of college-level concepts involved too, so it's going to be a really interesting uh, offense that I think uh, – uh, Dow's going to throw together.
1: Now, Mark, the numbers support that typically year three is the year, right, where you sort of know, right, when it comes to coaches, their programs. Year three is that year where you need to see the ascension and the return of Spencer Rattler, Juice Well, some others, has only solidified that, I think, right? And if, and the one thing that college football fans don't like is going backwards. And I'm talking about in win total, right? People equate win total with progress, and I think you and I both know watching the game long enough, that's not always the case, right? You could, you could decrease and win total would be a much better team, but the competition you're playing is better or things break a certain way, what have you. So you look at this schedule, Mark, and I'm going to run through it really quickly. Uh, North Carolina in Charlotte, Furman at Georgia, Mississippi State at Tennessee by week, Florida at Mizzou at a Jacksonville State, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and the Sucks Tigers, which is how I refer to them, to conclude the regular season, I've seen a way too early win total predicted from Vegas, right? This is just projected at seven and a half. And the Gamecocks have shown a knack in Shane first two years of exceeding that and hitting the over, which would put them at that eight win mark, which I think would be a successful season, I think would show the stability you're looking for in year three. First, do you think that win total of seven and a half, do you think that would be fair? Because if I remember correctly, you are a guy that likes – the gambling side of things, if you will. Do you think that would be a fair number? And in year three of South Carolina football under Shane Beamer, I I just, I guess this is what I'm looking at, Mark. You know, you look at a couple case studies. It's like, I look at Arkansas, for example, right? And the question I had last year was, well, how did the Gamecocks be what Arkansas was in year two of Sam Pittman, right? They overachieved, won the Outback Bowl, had a great season. Now I'm thinking to myself, Mark, How do the Gamecocks avoid being what Arkansas was in year three? A team with all this hype and momentum and their quarterback is back. And they went six and six. And nobody's going to be happy with a six and six finish. Uh, So, again, I'll let you take the floor, how you view the 2023 season uh, for South Carolina football.
7: Well, in terms of how I break down schedules, you know, the SEC, we know what the format is. So we know they play the East. I always look at the West. Of course, they play Texas A&M every year in what I think is one of the most ridiculous matchups uh, year to year. So that's going to get changed and fixed. Uh, then the other games, Mississippi State. So they, they, they've they got a pretty good draw there. Texas A&M coming off an awful season. Mississippi State, decent uh, unfortunately, lose Mike Leach, of course, and we'll see if Zach Arnett is up to the challenge. Uh, so they—they, they, it's a pretty good draw from the West. Uh, and, and then I got to credit South Carolina because I love when teams go out and schedule another additional difficult non-conference game. I hate when, you know, I'm looking at you, Kentucky. Louisville every year, but we we don't play anybody else. Refuse to play anybody else. It's Miami of Ohio, it's Central Michigan, it's Western. Missouri I feel like is the worst of it. They they I feel like every year they open their season with four straight
1: cupcakes damn near. Yeah. I'm just like, I mean, of course Missouri's 4 and 0. Like they haven't played anybody. <laughs> they're playing like Central Missouri and i just like, dude, I don't know. It just feels like every year they're playing nobody. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah.
7: yeah. Yeah. Mizzou, they have played Kansas state the last couple of years. They played Boston college, which of course they're no good, but uh, Kentucky, I just pick them out because they have to play Louisville and refuse to play anybody else. I don't know when the last time they scheduled anybody with a pulse, but South Carolina going out there, this is a nice little series they've got going with North Carolina. I love that. I know that they don't play every year, but they play every few years. The, we have the Sam Howell coming out party mm-hmm. his freshman year in the fourth quarter. And it's, it's always a nice little game. And I think one of the underappreciated uh, national non-conference matchups. So I'm looking forward to that one. So South Carolina could certainly, again, to their credit, say, we play Clemson every year. What do you expect out of us? We don't have to play anybody else. And they don't do it every year, but most of the time go out there and grab somebody else. So that's a difficult two games to navigate course, Drake may back, uh, for North Carolina. Um, the thing for me would be okay. Eight and four regular season last year, to your point, if they go eight and four again, this season, a lot of people are going to be, I would think Carolina fans mixed in terms of, okay, we wanted to see progress, but at least we didn't regress. But for me, it's more like, look at that Missouri performance, 10 points. Look at the Florida performance. They lost by four or five scores in that game. Uh, The Arkansas game, not as close as the final score would indicate, dominated in that game. Are they closing ground in those games? If they go eight and four, and let's say Georgia's the one game that's not real pretty, they lose by 17 or something like that, but the other three losses are manageable. They lost by a touchdown. They lost by 10 points. They're probably going to lose – Uh, A heartbreaker at the end, Uh, then I'm going to evaluate that eight and four much different than what I saw out of this eight and four team this year.
1: And Mark, I would say that Missouri game, you know, I I labeled that the most important game last year. And I, I said that I didn't think you'd have a successful season if you lost to them. Sure enough, you go eight and four anyways. But it's still, even looking back, you know, because I mean, if the finish of the season, completely changed the narrative of last year, but it's like that Missouri game, the black eye on that season, and that all of a sudden has become like the new, I'm sure you recall when the Gamecocks, for whatever reason, just could not beat Kentucky. Kentucky had like a five-game winning streak in the series, and, I mean, South Carolina's win last year, that was their first win in Lexington since 2012. That's how long it had been. The Missouri streak has almost become the new streak. Eli Drinkwitz can't lose to South Carolina. I mean, I'm I'm not going to probably label that one as the key game of the season again and I know it's in Como but Mark to me that one's extremely important because like you mentioned I I think if you're going to exceed the eight win mark certainly but if you're going to make that type of progress you mentioned that's a team I think you've got to start beating on a more regular basis the Missouri Tigers
7: yeah if we're looking at Shane Beamer down the road being at South Carolina for 10 years he's got to be if if this Missouri program is what it's been for a long, long time and continues to be, he's got to be eight and two in that series, something like that. Because Eli Drinkwitz is not beating anybody else. I'm saying nothing. He's not doing anything else except for beating South Carolina. The Gamecocks
1: alone are keeping Drinkwitz employed. That's uh, just <laughs> wild, wild a thing. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. Mark, I truly do appreciate it. I've got some other things I'm going to save for next time, though. Would love to get you back on. I know that we'll be talking on your airways very soon. And my friend, hey, before you know it, I mean, heck, it's right around the corner. Spring ball will get going. Spring games will be played. And truly, the countdown to kickoff will be on mark appreciate you taking the time man always a pleasure hey let people know where they can check out your content by the way before you get out of
7: here yeah i'm right here on youtube uh mark rogers tv the voice of college football we've got 25 team channels but you can just head to the main channel and we'll get you where you need to go the voice of college football just look it up right there on youtube mark you're the man i appreciate it we'll talk soon my friend thank you so much for the time thanks chris good to see you absolutely take care
1: Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, always enjoy talking with Mark. Great stuff, as always, from him. Guys, we'll jump into one final break. On the other side, I want to continue to hear from you
2: more of your questions, your comments, your calls, and more. You're tuned in to The Daily Crow. Hmm. All right, guys, we're back. Final 10 minutes or so here on The Daily
1: Crow, taking your questions, comments, calls as well. Of course, it's game day. For South Carolina baseball, and the Gamecocks are rolling out brand new hats, helmets, um attire, if you will, camouflage. The Gamecocks will go with their white tops with the black SC outline, but they've got new camo lids and camo batting helmets, which the helmets look fire. Uh, you guys
2: thoughts? How do you like it? What do you what do you think? What do you think? How are we feeling about the new lids? Anyways, eight four three
1: seven nine zero three three seven seven. 7 purse sources. My name is Dalton, says, not a fan. I don't really like camo uniforms in general. Bad Brad says, love, absolutely love. He says, if it were the whole uniform, I'd probably hate it, but it looks like it'll basically just be their lids, helmet, and hats. Not sure if they'll have pants on camo, but their tops are white with black lettering, so I guess maybe it's just the lids and maybe cleats. Yeah, it looks like the cleats definitely are camouflage. The cleats are dope. Now, I think the pants are going to be white. I do believe the pants are going to be white. So, yeah, really, really cool. Honor the Troops indeed. Yeah, I think it looks awesome. I think it actually looks awesome. I think this is definitely Monty Lee-inspired. You know, Clems Clems sucks. They've got camouflage. A a lot of teams do camouflage. We, for just some reason, have never done it. So, you know, I I don't know. I'm... You know, I don't think they're bad. Um, it's something fun, something unique, something different. So, anyways, guys, I want to say thank you again to Mark Rogers, the voice of college football. Great conversation. Great stuff. I might talk with Mark about it. I'd love to get him on as a weekly guest. I would absolutely love to get him on as a weekly guest. Uh, really, really good stuff from Mark. Always brings the heat, brings the insight. And truly appreciate him. Rebecca! What's going on, Rebecca? There you are.
2: People been wondering how you've been, Rebecca. What is up?
1: What is going on? It is crazy to me. Like, I'm, I'm in the 11.7 Discord. And those guys gamble on college baseball like crazy. Those guys gamble on college baseball like absolutely crazy, man. I don't know. You know, I, I used to gamble on sports pretty heavily, and, I, and I'd like to make gambling content a bigger part. My plan is to make gambling content a bigger part of TSUS and and everything I do moving forward because it's it's just such a it's such a big thing, right? Like people love to gamble. Gambling such a big thing, um, but I don't know, man. I just as I got more involved in business, I I just I really got away from gambling. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm. I'm focused on business. I've got other ways to make money. I'd, I'd rather put my attention towards that versus gambling the money I'm making to see if I can make a couple more dollars. So I, I don't know. I, I think gambling's cool and everything, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to try to get more into it. Rebecca, if you want to call in, you're more than welcome. Go ahead and call in, Rebecca. The
2: phone lines are wide open. You do whatever you like. You do whatever you like, Rebecca.
1: Phone lines are wide open, and your phone number's unblocked. It's a great time to do it.
2: Great time to call in. Well, Lynn, I wouldn't make gambling content like the overwhelming piece
1: of content. I'm just saying in regards to, like, giving picks and stuff like that. I'm always going to be just, like, an opinion guy, banter guy. I'm not going to sit here and just talk gambling the entire show. But I I do still, like, I I like the gambling side of things because I think it gives you a really good idea of, you know, what the Vegas Sharks think. A lot of times, they're right. So, you know, it's great to get their perspective. All right, let's jump to the phone lines. Here we go. Call from?
4: Rebecca to accept.
1: Rebecca, what's going on? How are you?
4: Good. I know y'all have been wondering about me.
1: We have been wondering about you. We have been wondering about you. I'm
4: still alive. <laughs>
1: You're still alive? I'm, I'm glad to hear it.
4: Uh, about a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, I had COVID.
1: Yeah, how'd that go? I'm glad uh, glad to hear you bounce back.
4: Yeah. I still got a cough. It really messed up my asthma really bad. And I'm trying to... I still have my wheezing with my asthma and everything. Mm. (sighs) About it. Um, Me and Dale are doing good.
1: Love to hear that.
4: Um... Dell took me out to eat and uh, took me to a movie for Valentine's Day. And got me candy.
1: What kind of candy? Um, what kind of candy you prefer?
4: Either M&Ms or gummy bears. That's about my favorite thing. Uh, Love it. Uh, other than other than that, everything is doing good on my end. Oh. So. Oh, Calky and Caroline has got a new uh new place out here that my grandfather built a shed for them and it's more room for them to run around and everything, So they got a better place and all. Hmm. Well, well I'll, I'll send you the picture one day on uh, Facebook or on, on here, either one.
1: Please do. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see how they're doing.
4: You now, Cocky's growing. Let's believe it.
2: Love Last time
4: that. I showed y'all pictures, he was, he didn't even have his comb on him. But he's now got his comb. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rest comb, yeah. I try, I,
1: trust me, trust me. After uh After we almost changed our mascot's name. I think we all know what a a comb on a rooster is at this point. So,
4: yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was just trying to, you know, describe. And try to, you know. But he got that and he's been crowing. Mm. Like crazy. Caroline has not laid any eggs yet really yep I don't know what uh, what's getting what why she's not laying eggs I think it's because she's still too young uh, to lay eggs or something like that so I don't know
1: hmm interesting.
4: Well, they said something on the internet, or I had a family member that gave me cocky in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, told my grandfather it's got to be a year or something like that before she starts laying eggs. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, this is new to me about raising chickens. So you ever had a chicken in your life? Have I had a
1: chicken in my life? I, I cannot say that I have. No,
4: <laughs> I'm new to this whole uh, whole deal about having chickens. And I know you feed them, give them water, but I I don't know a lot of stuff about them. To really be honest with you.
1: I, I couldn't tell you the first thing about uh, taking care of a chicken, so I apologize. I don't have I don't have I much for either. you. Uh,
4: tell me about it. I could I don't know either. Well, it's two o'clock. I reckon i will get off of here.
1: Rebecca, it was great to hear from mm-hmm. you. Glad you're doing well.
4: Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I just need to get my asthma under control. That's about it. I'm gonna have to get me a doctor's appointment and get my asthma under control or something. Then using my inhaler like one thing to another. Like I said, I gotta get a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. But well, Rebecca, anyway, it was good talking. It yeah. was good talking to you, Chris. And <laughs> I hope everybody in South Carolina is having a good
1: day. Yeah, you as well. And Rebecca. Everything. Yeah, Rebecca, I, I appreciate it. It was like I said, it was great to hear from you. Glad you're doing well.
4: All right.
1: Mm, bye. Bye bye. You have a good bye. day. Great stuff for Rebecca, guys. That's going to do it for us. Awesome. Anytime we end the. Uh, Anytime we end the day with a Rebecca call, got to love it. Guys, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hey, it's game day. South gonna Winthrop, 4 o'clock. Stick around for all of our content, of course, covering the game content, bleeding out of the eyeballs. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Go Cox, beat Winthrop, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently